Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Cricket Corner Podcast with me, Watsal Vora. Hello and welcome to a fresh new episode of the Cricket Corner podcast. Wherever you are consuming this one, welcome back. It's good to have you. And we are going to look ahead to the 2023 Cricket World Cup. And I feel like it's only right that we start this series by talking about Team India and the host because they have been playing some incredible cricket over the past couple of weeks past month or so leading up from the Asia Cup and playing wonderfully well against Australia in the ODI series right ahead of the Cricket World Cup and uh, you might be saying yeah what's all this is recency bias because India has only been playing good cricket for the past couple of weeks past month or so but to be honest with you, that is exactly the point. You need recency bias. You need good form in recent matches, which can propel you to a successful World Cup. And India have been doing that exactly. And it's not like just one or two players here and there contributing. It's the entire team which has been playing at a level expected out of them. And if they can maintain that high standards which they have set for themselves heading into the World Cup, it's only right that the firm tag of favourites is on their shoulders, is on their chest because the way India have been playing in the Asia Cup and in the first two ODIs against Australia, I am so confident in this team now. Don't get me wrong, I'm not overconfident because in the end, it is yet another ICC event and India has not won an ICC tournament since 2013. But I feel like the preparations heading into the 2023 World Cup are impeccable. I I cannot remember an Indian team so well prepared, so well drilled and so many players in form for a really long time now. The closest I can think of it is 2011 when we had some great performances in 2010 heading into the 2011 World Cup. Uh, The 2019 World Cup was also good enough. Yes, we didn't have a number four back then. But apart from that, Shikhar Dhawan, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, everyone was 
in good form Mohamed Shami as well so there have been instances in the past where a few players here and there have performed heading into the World Cup and they have propelled India to the latter stages of the tournament but there's there's something different about this 2023 edition if you personally ask me because I feel like there are so many players up for it there are 11 players in the team, yes, but I feel like there's more than 11 players at the top of their game. And I'm going to talk about each and every one of them uh, quite shortly in this podcast. So yeah, stay tuned. But all of these players, they're like 14, 15 players are in in so such a good form that it is going to be a hassle for the Indian management to pick a best 11 for their opening game against Australia. But then again, that's the beauty that of 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 in of an informed team and i'm sure this headache is a lovely headache to have for the likes of rahul dravid and the backroom staff uh in team india's uh in team india's backroom staff that is yeah but but yeah there have been there have been so many good performances that i actually had to prepare an excel sheet of all the good performances that team india have had over the past couple of weeks past couple of months and uh, i'm going to have a really really small sample size here because for me personally i feel like the smaller the sample size the better the form i think that helps heading into the world cup because at least you have been performing well in the past couple of weeks other than you know you have been playing well for three months you have had a poor spell here and there and then you are heading into the world cup i don't want to look at things in that way I want to look at recent form, how has a player been doing over the past one month and how will they play in the World Cup when it starts in like 10 days time to be honest with you at the time of recording this podcast. So if you personally ask me, the ideal playing 11 for Team India is as follows. It's Shubman Gill, Rohit Sharma. Virat Kohli at 3, Shreyas Ayer at 4, KL Rahul will be the wicketkeeper, he'll play at 5, you have Hardik Pandya at 6, Ravinder Jadeja at 7, Ravi Chandan Ashwin at 8, yes he's not part of the squad at the time of recording this but we are going to talk about him in just a moment, then you have Kuldeep Yadav, Mohamed Siraj and Jaspreet Pumbra. So if you look at the bowling department, including the all-rounders, there are three pace bowlers and three spinners. Perfect if you personally ask me. Uh, You don't need anything more than that, to be honest with you. If you want an extra seamer, might as well drop someone like Ashwin or Jadeja and pick Shardul Thakur. And uh, you are uh, good to go. And if you are really brave enough, you can play Siraj, Pumrah and Mohamed Shami all together. But these uh, these are the 11 which are expected to play week in week out at the world cup but there have been there are three players outside of the playing 11 which has been which have been performing at a really high standard as well and that is Mohamed Shami Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav there is a lot of things to talk about Surya Kumar Yadav as well in just like we have a lot of things to talk about Ravi Chandan Ashwin so yeah stay tuned for that as well but yeah let's let's start by talking about the batting side and let's talk about the batting form heading into the world cup because i personally feel like if india wants to go deep into the world cup and possibly even win it you have to rely heavily on the batsman and that is something india will be looking it to looking to do because they have been excellent 
the batsmen have been excellent and let's start by talking about Shubman Gill because the more you talk about Shubman Gill you feel like that's less it's because you talk about one of his innings he then goes out very next day plays the innings even better highest run scorer in ODIs in the 2023 calendar year he's so close to the all-time record as well so let's start by talking about his performance of lately which will include the Asia Cup series 121 against Bangladesh great innings but that wasn't the the end of it to be honest with you he's played in the first two ODIs against Australia 74 in the first ODI at Mohali a brilliant 104 in the second ODI at Indore as well now you might say well Indore small ground flat pitch and a B B grade Australian bowling lineup but hey you can only score runs against the team you are facing and you still have to go out there and play those shots which he kind of did and it was just exceptional to see I think more than that 121 against Bangladesh I think the 104 against Australia in the second ODI felt like the coming of Shubman Gill and he I expect him to play a really really good role heading into the World Cup let's let's now talk about his mentor his friend whatever you want to call him the 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 king to the prince the prince to the king whatever uh, let's start by talking about Virat Kohli then Virat Kohli had had an okayish Asia Cup to be honest with you but that was the one innings which stands out head and shoulders above anything else and that is that 122 versus Pakistan in Colombo which came off just 94 deliveries I think he had a really good partnership there with KL Rahul about whom we are going to talk about in just a moment but um, that 122 of 94 balls had lesser number of boundaries than KL Rahul and he scored 11 runs less than Virat Kohli shows how fit and fine Virat Kohli is heading into the World Cup uh, he's fit he's running those twos he's converting twos into threes ones into twos and I think his energy is going to propel India is it, it, is going to be playing is is will play a crucial role uh, if India needs to go long in the World Cup so that's Gil and Kohli done let's let's talk about KL Rahul since we already mentioned him he as I said 111 versus Pakistan of 106 deliveries a comeback 100 much needed 100 for him because he was coming off a lengthy spell away due to injury has to play as the wicket keeper because of uh, the injury the long-term injury which Rishabh Panth has sustained back in 2022 so really important innings in that regard as well but that's not all that 111 was not all his wicket keeping was quite good in the Asia Cup as well so that's another bonus but uh, he he was named captain for the first two one day internationals against Australia and uh, he played those crucial knocks two half centuries as captain in both the ODIs and I think he has in both of those one day internationals he has shown why someone like KL Rahul deserves to be a first choice pick in the Indian middle order and he's shown that quite evidently that he has two gears he can he can anchor the innings and he can also go bang 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 uh, where, whatever the situation requires for you he he played an incredible knock in the second ODI playing at a strike rate well above 110 120 
uh, and uh, taking the score to that 399 along with the likes of Surya Kumar Yadav. But in the first one day, we saw how he can handle pressure. He can keep one end of the, he can keep one end occupied by his anchoring the innings kind of a role. He can take the ones and twos here and there. He's not looking to hit the boundaries. He's just wanting to rotate the strike. And that is exactly what he did back then. So the the reason why he is able to play in both those gears is the reason why he should be playing at number five in the World Cup. And uh, yeah, as I said, his wicket keeping has gone up a notch as well. So it's really good to see him in form as well. The one player which you have which you might have noticed that I've not talked about so far is Rohit Sharma. Well, Rohit Sharma is an interesting one because he's going to open with Gil. There is no doubt in my mind because he's the captain and you are not going to drop your captain anytime soon. Yes, he's had three half centuries in the Asia Cup, but he's not had that one killer innings with someone like Gil or Virat Kohli or KL Rahul have played. All three of them have got a hundred to their name heading into the World Cup, but that's not the case as far as uh, Rohit Sharma is concerned. Yes, three half centuries, but you can you can look into that and say he's not converting those converting those half centuries into big century because centuries because we know for a fact that he is capable of converting those half centuries into not just hundreds but double hundreds he's he's had three double hundreds in one day internationals if you have forgotten which i think you have not but yeah that that's is that a little worry well if you say that someone has played uh, someone has scored three half centuries in the past one month you wouldn't bet an eye on that and you would say yeah well played uh and you are in good form yes he's in good form don't get me wrong but then again I feel like you expect a little bit more out of Rohit Sharma. Don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing him one bit here. But uh, you expect someone like Rohit Sharma to, you know, play those big innings and take the pressure off someone like Shubman Gill or even someone like, um, how shall I put it, Virat Kohli and uh, Shreya Sayar, which uh, we'll be talking about soon uh, from the middle order. Because if he can convert those 70s into let's say 120 that takes a pressure off someone like KL Rahul who is not required to you know anchor the innings he can just come come down the order play his natural game tonk the ball out of the ground but uh, I won't I won't uh, put anything against Rohit Sharma 74 against Nepal was a kind of a good innings uh, 56 against Pakistan and 53 against Sri Lanka yes that there was that uh, uh, duck against uh, Bangladesh in the Asia Cup but uh, I think that's part and parcel of any batsman's career and I wouldn't be too concerned about that but yeah I'm not concerned about Rohit Sharma's form because he scored three half centuries heading into the World Cup I want to see how he plays against Australia in the third ODI as well which is a trash court which I'll be looking with my eyes glued to the telly because and will be specifically want Rohit Sharma to have a good innings which can propel his confidence uh, as India looked to win the first World Cup since 2011. We we uh, talked about Shreya Sayar a bit. Uh, let's uh, talk about him in detail. I think that 105 versus Australia in the second ODI at uh, Indore was arguably one of the most important knocks for from any Indian batsman heading into the World Cup. And that is mainly down to the fact that India needed a number four 
and they have put high hopes on Shreyas Iyer to do that role for them. Yes, he's coming back from an injury, but the way he played in that knock, he kind of took the mantle from someone like Shubman Gale. He told Shubman Gale, well, hang on, let me take the ascendancy and I'll let you score runs in the background. And that was really, really great great watching 105 of the best runs possible yes he gave away his wicket a bit too cheaply if you personally ask me but uh, 100 is 100 and it's good to have a player score 100 just a couple of games before the world cup and i think that 105 is will be a massive massive morale boost not only for shreya sayar but for the team management and the indian fans as well because he he has cemented that number four slot just on the basis of that 105 and I expect him to do a lot more heading into the World Cup. So that's the top five done. Gil, Sharma, Kohli, Ayer and KL Rahul. Let's talk about the other two batsmen who are in contention to be picked uh, in the middle order should there be an injury, a niggle or some, just you want to give a rest to someone here and there. And that is Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav. Ishan Kishan, well, he's just had one good innings here over the past one month or so. And that was that 82 against Pakistan in the very first game. Uh, good partnership with Hardik Pandya on that occasion as well. But uh, he he's coming out there he's playing those aggressive kind of an innings yesterday against australia in the second odi he scored he 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 pulled the ball he hooked the ball for six from the very first ball and that's the kind of confidence he is in because he knows that's his role he he's expected to play those attacking kind of innings counter attacking kind of an innings which someone like rishabh pant plays in test match scenario and i think he's very well equipped to do that job he was picked as uh, part of the, as part of the, uh, how shall I put it, the first two ODIs against Australia. And I think one should credit the Indian management because uh, they didn't throw him as an opener because they knew for a fact that if Ishan Kishan is going to play in the World Cup, it's most likely going to be in the middle order and they stuck to their guns kept him in the middle order and uh, opened with Ruturaj Gaikwad who also had a brilliant knock in the first ODI. So yeah, credit to Sh uh, Ishan Kishan as well. Well made 82 against um, Pakistan as I said and if needed he can play those cameos here and there which would be lovely to see from an Indian fan's perspective.
last but not least let's talk about Surya Kumar Yadav because his inclusion in the World Cup squad has come with a lot of backlash from Indian fans on social media thinking that someone like Sanju Samson deserved his place above Surya Kumar Yadav. Don't get me wrong Sanju Samson an exceptional talent and nine times out of ten would have made the squad but yeah that's unfortunate that he has missed out but now that's that's in the back and that's in the past. Let's focus on Surya Kumar Yadav because he has been exceptional in this ODI series against Australia. He has played some breathtaking innings. Uh, he scored a half century of 49 deliveries in the first ODI. Okay, that's fine. Still a strike rate above 100. A little slow for someone like Surya Kumar Yadav, but he made up for that in the second ODI. Wow, that innings. 72 not out of just 37 deliveries, 6 4s and 6 6s. That's 60 runs just from scoring boundaries. He just run 12, ball, 12 runs there. And that is something you expect from someone like Surya Kumar Yadav. That is the kind of impact and that Surya Kumar Yadav brings to the Indian team. And that is the reason why he's been picked ahead of someone like Sanju Samson. Yes, Sanju Samson is a destructive player in his own rights. But to do that, coming in at number 5 or 6, to play at a strike rate of close to 200, to get those quick fire 40s, 50s, 60s, is the reason why you have gone with someone like Surya Kumar Yadav. And he's showing the reason why he's capable of playing, playing the innings which is expected out of him. Because... Most of the times, India would be backing to the, on, a, on the scenario that one of their top four would be contributing with the runs, be it Shubman Gil, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli or uh, Shreya Sayar. If that happens, then Sky is coming down at number five or number six with barely 13 or 12 overs remaining. And in those 12 overs, if you want to go add, let's say, eight, nine runs and over and were to score 100 of that 12 overs to propel your score to someone upwards of 300, 350. That's where Sky comes into the equation. This, this is the scenario perfectly tailored to him because he's a T20 specialist where he gets 12 overs anyway. And this is 12 overs on the back end of a of a 50 over game which is basically t20i for him if you personally ask me just play your natural game get those quick fire runs and see where where you lead the total to and that's the reason why i think surya kumar yadav could be that's that x factor heading into the world cup in an ideal scenario yes you don't see someone like surya kumar yadav in the first choice playing 11 because um, you need balance there and and for the sake of balance you have to play Hardik Pandya, Jadeja, another all-rounder or a bowling option then Kuldeep, Siraj and Bumrah. But uh, if if you want Sky to give you those quick fire runs, he's there at your disposal. Use him wisely and I think he could be that X-factor heading into the World Cup. So yeah, that is the batting side of things as far as the Indian side is concerned. So let's shift our attention to the bowling side of things now for bowlers i particularly want to talk about four people here and that is kuldeep yadav mohammad siraj mohammad shami and jaspreet pumra let's start by talking about kuldeep yadav because i think kuldeep yadav's inclusion has been so important i think his him coming back to the form just before the world cup is priceless as far as team india is concerned more so ever than the fact that they have left yuzvendra chahal out of the squad meaning that someone like kuldeep yadav as a 
bigger role to play heading into the World Cup, 2023 World Cup, even bigger than the role he played at the 2019 World Cup. Player of the series at, at the Asia Cup, nine wickets in total, five wicket haul against Pakistani and he also had a four wicket haul. Was it against Sri Lanka? I kind of don't remember that now, but uh, yeah. Nine wickets, that five wicket haul against Pakistan, the way he controlled one end in that slowish, turnish wicket, it was just mesmerizing, mesmerizing to see because you one can expect sort of similar kind of pitches in the uh, World Cup in India. And I think Kuldeep Yadav tossing the ball up is, is a sight to behold. And um, it is so good to see him back in form. And I think he could be the ace bowler for someone like Rohit Sharma in the middle overs and I am counting on him to be pick up to be picking up important wickets in the World Cup. The the more we talk about Mohammad Siraj, I think once again the lesser it feels like, similar to what uh the what the case was with Shubhan Gill. Mohammad Siraj has just exploded into form. That Six for twenty-one against Sri Lanka in the Asia Cup final is going to stay in the memories of Indian fans around the world for a really, really long time. Four wickets in one over, and I think the scenario with Indian pacers is that yes, there are three pacers to pick, two spots, and but whoever plays plays at the highest at the at the highest available ceiling of their of their spells. And uh, it is so good to see Indian bowling at such a high standard now because we have not been having that in the early parts of the 21st century. But now we have one of the most feared bowling attacks. Siraj plays a game instead of Shami. Siraj picks up 6 for 21, 4 wickets in an over and dismantles Sri Lanka for just 50 runs in an Asia Cup final. You give Mohamed Siraj a rest, you play Mohamed Shami. Mohamed Shami then comes comes in and picks up 5 for 51 against ODI in, against Australia in the first ODI at Mohali. So whichever combination you pick, you are going to get wickets out of them anyway. The only player right now and the only bowler right now which is not quite up there is Jaspreet Bumbra. I think quality-wise, it would be it would not be right. To see Jasmeet Brumra below the standards by Mohammad Siraj and Mohammad Shami. Don't get me wrong, both Mohammad Siraj and Shami are exceptional bowlers, but you expect someone like Jasmeet Brumra, who is a generational talent, to be ranked above those two. And uh, yeah, he he he's bowled well uh, on on various occasions here and there, but he's not had that one breakthrough spell with someone which someone like. Uh, Mohammad Shami or Mohammad Siraj have had over the past couple of weeks. So that's kind of worrying. I think the best I can remember was that 2 for 30 spell against Sri Lanka in the Asia Cup. Not in the final. I think he picked up just one wicket in that final. But um, yes, that it is worrying. But it's it's good to see him building up that fitness here and there because don't uh, because let's not forget he's coming out coming in into the squad for a, after a prolonged period of absentee due to injury and uh, him getting his rhythm back is a sight to behold as well and I think despite him not having that standout bowling spell I still feel like he's the first choice fast bowler for Team India and I think 
Siraj and Shami can then swap here and then regard depending on the situation or the opponent you are playing. In an ideal scenario, I think despite his 5 for 51 against Australia at Mohali, I still feel like Mohamed Siraj is up is above him in the pecking order in the eyes of Rahul Dravid and the Indian team management. So those were the bowlers. Let's end this podcast by talking about the all-rounders that India have at their disposal and particular, in particular Hardik Pandya, Ravinder Jadeja and Ashwin, Ravichandran Ashwin. Hardik Pandya, uh, great with the bat, 87 as I mentioned earlier in this podcast in that Pakistan innings. I think he showed character, he showed uh, why he's one of the senior players in this ODI setup now because he showed maturity in that 87, 87 inning which he played against Pakistan. He wasn't typical Hardik Pandya, you know, going going at a strike at a well above 100. He well he was quite good with his strike rate there, but he was once again not taking any, any risks here and there. I think he was very good with how he was rotating the strike with someone like Ishan Kishan at the other end. And I think that innings of 87 showed quite a lot of maturity. As far as his bowling is concerned, he's been among the pick of the bowlers in the Asia Cup. I think he's picked up a wicket in each of the game he played in the Asia Cup and his standout spell came in the Asia Cup final. Three wickets for the for uh, and just conceding just three runs. He was quite he was I think his spell was overshadowed by Mohammad Siraj's brilliance and I think rightly so because Siraj deserves all the praise he can he he gets and he warrants for that Asia Cup final. But I think Hardik Pandya's spell was incredibly important as well. 3 for 3 in an Asia Cup final is just brilliant to see. So, Ravinder Jadeja now. Um, well, a few wickets here and there. But I think his spell in the second ODI was, was something which provides confidence in an Indian fan or in Indian management's eye. 3 for 42 against Australia at Indore. He cleans, cleans Alex Carey, the dangerous Sean Abbott and Adam Zampa. All of them were bold. Uh, so he is heading into the World Cup with some wickets as well. And so is Ravichandran Ashwin. And I've saved the best for last because I feel like he's going to get into this Indian squad for the World Cup. Yes, the squad has been announced, but the final squad has to be announced by the 28th of September. So at the time of recording this podcast, India still has three days to decide whether they want to pick Washington Sundar or they want to go with Akshar Patel or they want to go with Ravichandran Ashwin. But I think that innings with this ball against Australia at Indore might have just cemented his place in the ODI setup. Yes, he's not played a lot of ODIs for India in, in over the past four or five years. But I think a tournament of the World Cup's importance in Indian conditions, it would not be right to leave out the experience of Ravichandran Ashwin on the sidelines. And I think you need to pick him in the squad. There have been question marks surrounding the fitness of Akshar Patel. So that could be a blessing in disguise for BCCI, Indian management and Ravichandran Ashwin. You can just swap him with uh, Akshar Patel as an injury replacement or and put someone like Washington Sundar as the reserves because Ravichandran Ashwin was brilliant in that second ODI against Australia. 3 for 41 for him and he picked up three crucial wickets. He picked up the right-handed batting David Warner, Manas Labushain who has been in excellent form 
heading from the time he played against South Africa in South Africa in the ODI series just before coming to India and he picked up the wicket of Josh English who is quite dangerous on his day as well so yeah I think there is so many permutations combinations as far as team India is concerned and uh, I'm I'm really I'm really glad to see that we have so many good players right up there playing the best cricket possible which is probably the reason why I still feel like India are the favorites heading into the World Cup. I will just go through my ideal World Cup 11 once again. I think I mentioned already in this podcast beforehand, but I want to go through it again. And it would be Shubman Gill at Rohit Sharma to open, obviously. Virat Kohli at 3, Shreyas Iyer at 4, KL Rahul at 5 as the wicketkeeper. Then number 6 would be Hardik Pandya, 7 is Jadeja. 8 is Ashwin, 9 Kuldeep Yadav and the two fast bowlers being Mohamed Siraj and Jaspreet Pumbra. I'm really excited for this World Cup. If you personally ask me who I think would be the four sides which will qualify for the semi-finals, I would pick India because they're going to win the World Cup, aren't they? Well, I hope I'm not jinxing this, but yeah, India is right up there. I think Australia... Yes, they have had a poor show in South Africa and they've already lost the first two ODIs against India as well. But I think once the full-strength Australian side returns with the likes of Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, Adam Zampa, uh, there's Mitchell Marsh uh, out there as well, David Warner, Steve Smith, Alex Carey. I think that Australian team is too strong to be not be in the top four and qualify for the semi-final. So I'll pick them. England are always right up there when it comes to limited overs format and um, they are my number three side. Now for number four, there are a few options. There's obviously New Zealand. There's obviously a resurgent South African side. But for for I'm going to go left field here and my fourth and final team which will qualify for the semi-finals of the 2020 World Cup. Dark horses in my opinion, Sri Lanka. You heard it here first. Yes, 50 all out in the Asia Cup final. That was a one-off. I think that was down to Mohamed Siraj more than poor batting from uh, from Sri Lanka. I picked Sri Lanka as the dark horse. I want to see them in the semi-finals, hopefully against India. Hopefully India can beat them, qualify for the final, face England at Ahmedabad and take the crown from the ECB's hands. Uh, but I think like I'm getting ahead of myself, myself here. I just wanted to talk about how good Team India have been heading into the World Cup. And I think I've put in a good case here. Mainly down to the players performing at a really, really good standard. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to let, feel free to let me know your thoughts in... Uh, well, there's a, I think you can type in somewhere on Spotify, can't you? Or you can just tweet at me as well, at Mr. Watsalvora. The link will be in the description as well. Make sure you are liking, sharing and subscribing if you are watching this on YouTube. If you are watch, listening this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following me so you get those notifications and might as well give me those five-star ratings. However, for the time being, this is me, Watsalvora, signing off. Ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.